You're listening to a sermon from Tyler Christian Fellowship in Tyler, Texas. Find us on the web at tcftyler.com or send us an email, tcftyler at gmail.com. And uh, this is going to be a record trip. They are scheduled for 200 eye surgeries on this trip. 200 people are going to receive sight. And that is just, come on, can we give God some praise, man? Woo! I'm, I'm excited about that. I mean, that just thrills me. And so, Brother is going along uh, to um, assist with the ministry side of things. He's going to be there to minister uh, in the areas that they go into and to minister to the people who, uh, the family members of those who are receiving surgeries as well as those who are being operated on. So, please remember to cover him in prayer over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be... Um, a great opportunity, a great, we're just believing God for a great harvest, and I can't wait till he comes back to us and shares a report of all that God has done. Um, this morning, before we release the children to uh, children's ministry, I want to pause for just a moment. It is a special day. Um, it's Father's Day, and so I want to just pause for a moment and honor the fathers in the house. So if you're a father here, would you mind standing for just a moment? And that includes spiritual fathers, grandfathers, your father, any kind. Yeah, all right. Hallelujah. Remain standing. All right. So if your family is with you, or I'd like for you to stand up beside your husband, and, and uh, we're going to lay hands on these men. If you see someone in the room that doesn't have someone, around them right now. Would you go to them and uh, lay your hand on them? We're going to bless these fathers today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Father, we love you and we thank you for these men of God. We thank you for these fathers that are in the house this morning. And uh, Lord, we just pray a blessing over each one of them, Lord. And you know the challenges that they face, and you know the, the, uh, the things that come against them. But Father, we know that you are their strength. You are their time. Uh, you are their strength in time of trouble, Lord God. You are the stronghold of their life. You are the provision of their lives. And so, Lord God, we just bless these men. We bless these husbands. We bless these fathers. We raise them up to you right now. In the name of Jesus. And we pray an outpouring, Lord God, of grace upon them. And Lord God, we pray that they would, uh, Father, just grow deeper in their relationship with You. That, they, that their boldness for You would grow uh, even more. And Father, that in this next year, in this next season, that they would just sense Your calling, Lord God, and Your purposes for their lives. We pray that You would Come alongside them right now, the, the, those that most need refreshing right now. We just pray just a release of refreshing over uh, weary hearts, Lord God. We, we pray a release of power in the name of Jesus and strength and wisdom and all that is needed uh, for these men to be good leaders, to be the godly leaders that you've called them to be. And we just thank you for them today and we celebrate uh, who they are and all that you've called them to and, who they, and what they have been in our lives. And we just thank you for them today. Bless them in the name of Jesus. All God's people say, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. 
Well, we have no other announcements, so the kids can go ahead and be released to children's ministry at this time. Speaking of children and kids, can I just pause for a moment and say, well done, Luke. First time on the drums today. <laughs> yeah. That is awesome. Man, thank you, Lord. Uh, so this morning we're going to continue on in our series that we've been on over the last uh, couple of weeks. Our series is kind of a worship-oriented series called The Song of Ascent, Songs for the Road. And if you remember, the Songs of Ascent are songs that um, three times a year, the nation of, the, well, not the nation at that time, but the people of Israel would come back and would flood into Jerusalem. They would come from all over Jerusalem, and they would descend on Jerusalem three times a year for three different uh, feet, three different festivals or celebrations, the uh, Pentecost, Passover, and then the uh, Festival of Tabernacles, or Celebration of Tabernacles. So three times a year, they would all gather back into Jerusalem. No matter where you were coming from, it was an uphill journey, because Jerusalem is a city up in a hill. So no matter where you're coming from, you are ascending. On the way up to Jerusalem, they had songs, different songs that they would sing as they made this journey to kind of commemorate who God is and what He had done for them up to that point, to just celebrate. It was like a huge caravan of worship, uh, of, of, like a huge worship team as they would go up to Jerusalem. And um, so a lot of those are recorded in Psalm 120 through 134. We've been kind of looking at those from week to week and seeing how the themes of their worship songs really still carry over into our lives today and how they apply to us today. Week one, we looked at um, worship songs that deal with lamentation or lamenting. We talked about how it's okay to come to the presence of the Lord not feeling wonderful, not feeling great. Sometimes we come in and we're like, God, where were you this week? Why didn't you? I needed you. I'm hurting. And it's okay to come before the Lord with lamentation. It's okay to cry out to Him that way. He can handle it. He's big enough for it, and He invites us to call upon Him that way. The second week, we looked at songs of thanksgiving. That was last week. We looked at uh, the Hebrew word Torah, which means just to celebrate and give thanksgiving, rightful thanksgiving, to the only one who's worthy of it. So last week we looked at songs of thanksgiving in worship, songs of celebration. This week we're going to shift gears and we're going to take a look at songs of deliverance and songs of freedom in worship. And those happen to be some of my absolute favorite types of songs. Uh, having been set free from so much in my own life, uh, worship songs that deal with deliverance and freedom really just speak to my heart. They really do. Um, before we get started, I want to share kind of a little funny, funny little story that happened um, several years ago uh, that I feel will help sort of illustrate where I'm going this morning. Um, there was a season several years ago where I kind of fell out of shape, so to speak. I uh, kind of got out of the habit of going to the gym, and it was the holidays, around the holidays, so I was eating too much. I wasn't watching what I was eating. And so I started putting on some weight. And, you know, you can lie to yourself, right, and say, oh, I don't look that bad, or I don't, you know, I'm just putting on a couple of pounds. But the one thing that's objective in your life and that won't lie to you are your clothes, right? 
So at that time, I started noticing that my pants were starting to fit a little tighter than I wanted them to. In fact, they were starting to get really tight. But I was like, I am not, not going to go buy a new pair of pants. I'm just not going to do that. I, I'll lose the weight before I do that. Well, a few more weeks went by, and the weight wasn't going down. It was, it was going up. And, uh, and so these pants, um, my, all my pants were getting really tight. And uh, I'll never forget this one Sunday, I got ready to come up here for worship, and I put on my pants, and it was like, <gasps> you know, you button them, and you, you know, you just get them on any way you can. I came up here, and I was like walking like Frankenstein, you know, like no flex in them whatsoever. And um, so I made it through worship practice, you know, I was losing a little blood flow to my head, I think, from the circulation being cut off, but I made it through worship. A worship practice, and after worship practice, I came down off the stage and I went to the coffee. At that time, Emily's office, the church office, was a was a coffee room, and uh, people would gather pre-service in there to hang out, drink coffee. There were a couple tables in there, so I walked into the coffee room, and good morning, everybody. There was a group of ladies over there, kind of circled up, talking to a couple guys, and I walked in, and right at that moment, somebody dropped something on the floor. Never fear. Worship pastor to the rescue. So I did like a lunge move to go down to get it. And on the way down, I'll never forget the sound. And I suddenly felt a draft in the room. That I hadn't noticed before. And I had converted my blue jeans basically into cowboy chaps at that point. Because from here all the way over to here, complete blowout. And everyone in the room kind of like turned, like when that happened, like, you know, lots of hand over the mouth type. So I stand up and I kind of excuse myself from the room, walk, walk out, walk over to the men's room, pull out my phone, call my wife, and I'm like, hey baby, uh, I'm at the men's room, I'm in the men's room at church, I'm going to need you to bring me an extra pair of pants. And I'll never forget just a stunned silence on the other end of the phone. It's like, what did you do? That's it. So I explained it to her. So Emily to the rescue. She comes with a new pair of pants for me. And, and everything's, I mean, if you're going to be my wife, you've got to be strong and dependable. And that's who she is. That pretty much sums up my pants as well. Got to be strong and dependable. So she comes. She brings my pants. I change. Thankfully, I get on stage right before worship starts. But all of that was just a red flag. You know, things needed to change. So, yeah, I, I got back in the gym, found a low-carb diet, got back down to where I needed to be. But um, I share that with you this morning because, you know, that's kind of a funny natural, you know, funny thing in the natural that happens. But really and truly, in the spiritual, we can do the same thing in many ways we can come into worship wearing things and carrying things or holding on to things that are burdening us, that are cumbersome, that keep us in bondage, things that um, need to change, things that need to be done away with. And we come into a worship service like the one that we just had, and hopefully what you understand is that you're coming into a place where transformation is possible where a chance for deliverance and freedom are available. So that no matter what you've been through during the week, no matter what you've battled, 
or no matter how you feel, that when you come in here and we gather together corporately, there is an opportunity to connect with the heart of God and to let go and to be touched and to be changed as we worship Him. And that's kind of what we're going to focus on this morning. We're going to talk about that. And You know, when we gather before service to do worship practice, that's one of the things that we pray for. We pray that on Friday morning when we're here, but we pray for that every single Sunday uh, when we stand on this stage and hold hands and pray for the body as a worship team. We, we pray specifically, God, anyone who comes through the door of this church today, meet with them in a powerful way. And no matter what, they're, what they've been through this week or no matter what the season is like that they're in, we ask and pray that they not go away without being touched, without being transformed, without being renewed, without experiencing your presence. And we always make that a regular part of our prayer uh, over you guys, over this body. Because we know, I mean, we're standing up here and we're, we're holding instruments and all that. We're not any different than you. We face many of the same struggles and some of the same battles even on Sunday morning. Doesn't it seem like the enemy ratchets up the attack even on Sunday, especially on Sunday morning? You know, we face those things and so we come in here and we have to adjust our hearts and we have to connect with him even before we ever get the opportunity to lead with you guys. So we're going to focus today on uh, songs of freedom, songs of deliverance, the process of being set free, the process of experiencing God's awesome deliverance in worship. And many times before you even get to church, even during the week or on Sunday morning, the enemy is at work. He's at work to keep you from this place. You ever feel that? Do you feel the resistance? Do you feel the downward pull? Do you feel the, the attack? The, and, and it's not like he's coming at you with a full frontal. You know, he's not coming at you to, to do the obvious things. He just kind of comes in the back door and tries to sell you on something, that there's something better you could be doing today. Uh, there's somewhere else you could be. Take the day off. Don't worry about it. It's cool. No one's going to miss you. You know, and he kind of sells these little lies into your mind, or he attempts to, in order to keep you away from the corporate experience of worship. Because there is something powerful that happens when we gather here in this place, whether we're a full or whether we're light like we are today. It doesn't matter. Every time we gather in this place and lift up the name of Jesus, he is here. And there is power and there is deliverance, and there is freedom available. And the enemy knows that. He knows that. And so he will attempt to keep you in any way he can from either being here on a Sunday morning or in small group where you're going to worship with your brothers and sisters or anywhere that he knows corporate worship is going to take place. He will uh, do his best to keep you from that. There's a couple of lies that I want to look at real quick. The enemy will try to sell you one. Uh, to keep you away from what we just experienced. Here's the first one. It's just singing. It's just singing. What we did just now, the enemy will attempt to sell that to you. And now when we worship here in this house, you know, it's, we hopefully understand it's more than just singing. It's more than just songs. Um, some, some churches will call it a song service or a singing, or a whatever. 
I don't know how, you know, in, in the church, kind of uh, how Emily was brought up, it was called a singing. And so the focus was more on the songs rather than on the one that you were singing to. But that's not what we do here. Amen? It's not, we're not just focusing on the music. We're not focusing on the singing. All the singing is, is a vehicle for us to step into and draw closer to God with. That's why God gave us. You ever thought about that? The ability to sing? What's involved in that? Why do we sing? Of all the, way, of all the things that God could have given us to connect with Him, to usher us into His presence, why music? Why songs? Why did He, what delights His heart so much to hear us sing? I don't know, but I know this. It is a powerful thing when we come together and we lift our voices together and we sing to Him. And there's a couple of reasons for that. And the first one I think is this. When you sing, you have to sort of humble yourself, right? Because there's this period where you have to decide, am I really going to engage this or not? I don't really like my own voice. I don't like the way I sound. Uh, maybe I come in and I'm not really feeling it. I'm just, I haven't been there all week and I don't feel it today. And there's this period where we have to like stop and make a decision. Am I going to sing or am I going to sit this one out? Am I going to engage this or am I just going to stand and kind of aloof from it and, and wait till it's over, just kind of endure it? So there's this humbling of our hearts. We come to the Lord and we say, Lord, I don't care how I feel. I don't care how I sound. You're worthy. You're worthy. And I'm going to open my mouth and I'm going to declare your praises out loud. And I don't care what the person next to me thinks, what I sound like. I don't care because you are worthy. I was talking to um, Darlene Price uh, last week and we were talking about this very thing. And she said, she said, you know, it's just been a rough season. And she said, sometimes I, 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 she said, I come to worship and I'm like, I'm singing the words to the songs and I know they're true and I know they're powerful and they're real, but I'm just not feeling it. But she said, what I do is I say, I'm going to sing it until I feel it. I'm going to sing. I may not even feel it at the moment. I may even, even struggle with believing it, but I'm going to sing it until I believe it. I'm going to sing it until I, until I feel it. I'm going to declare it whether or not my heart is in it or not because it's true. Because the things that we sing about God are true. And you know what? The more you sing it, and the more those things vocalize and come out of your mouth, especially the songs that we sing about uh, uh, the goodness of God and who He is, our, the Lion of Judah, all the songs that we sing that are filled with the Word of God and based on the Word of God, when you sing those things, something happens. You're edifying, you're, you're not only glorifying God, but you're edifying your spirit. Because you are singing truth. And when you engage truth, you are edified. And so sometimes you come in here and you can just kind of sit it out. You can choose to say, eh, it's just singing. I'll skip it. I'll come after, whatever. It's not my favorite song, not my favorite music. I even heard, I even heard a pastor that I respect. Um, I don't necessarily theologically agree with him on everything, but I respect his teaching. But I heard him say one time, he said, uh, 
He said, if it were up to me, we wouldn't even sing in church. He said, we would just skip that part and just go straight to the preaching because that's what true worship is. It's a mental ascent into the knowledge of God and it has nothing to do with our emotions or or music. And I just thought, man, how can you have more degrees than a thermometer and be so educated and miss the mark so well? How can you do How? How? You know that God loves it when you open your voice, open your heart, and you sing to Him. Whether it's from your brokenness or whether it's from your victory, He's worthy. He's worthy. And it glorifies Him and it edifies us and it builds us up. So there's that aspect of humility that's involved in singing. The other thing that's involved in singing is unity. You ever notice how like when we start singing, or maybe when we're first coming in, everybody feels sort of maybe disconnected. You're over there, she's over there, we're all kind of spread out. But man, whenever we start engaging the worship, it feels like we kind of come together as one. Amen? It feels like there's something happening in the room that's drawing us together as we put our, our single focus upon the Lord and worship Him. There's a unity involved in singing. I was listening to a lecture um, by a, a, a pretty famous uh, neuroscientist, she studies, she's been in the field for 30 years, she studies, you know, the brain and the mind, and she also happens to be a great woman of God, Carolyn Leaf is her name, she, she, um, she wrote a really good book I, I enjoyed a lot, but she, um, she was speaking in this lecture specifically on the aspect of worship, and how worship was given to us by God and all the benefits of it, and she was talking about how um, this one study that they did, they found, this is really interesting, when a group of people sing together, when they put their voices together, that the heartbeat of each person syncs up with the other people in the room with them. Unless, the only exception to the rule was unless you had a medical problem like a fast heart, a rapid heartbeat or a slow heartbeat. Anybody with a normal heartbeat, when you engage singing within a group of people, they found that the heartbeat of everyone in the group synced up. Isn't that cool? And that's just one way that God, just a natural thing, that God, a natural benefit of singing that God gave us, that when we lift our voices and we worship together, it draws us together in unity and in one accord. So it's not just singing. God's got purposes for the singing. And here's, here's the truth of it. Psalm 22.3 says, Yet you were holy, O you who inhabit the praises of Israel. And we've heard that taught, we've heard that probably, a lot of us have heard that throughout our lives, that God inhabits our praises. Have you ever stopped to really think what it means? Inhabit, the Hebrew word yeshab, means to sit upon and occupy so as to rule over with authority. So when we worship the Lord, when we engage the Lord with song, with praise. God not only is here, God not only is present in our gathering, but He's here with authority. He's here with power. He's here to rule over and reign over our time together. And so that's a big reason why when you come into His presence and you worship the Lord, when you come before Him in humility, when you come before Him even in brokenness or, or in bondage, and you open your mouth to sing, 
that the Lord begins this process of setting you free because He's here and He rules over and has authority over everything here in this place as we come before Him and submit to Him. He rules over your depression. He rules over your anxiety. He rules over your hurts and your habits and your hang-ups and your addictions and your relational issues. He rules over over those things in those moments if you'll just release it. He is here to inhabit our praises and sit enthroned upon our praises and rule with authority over the things that would keep us in bondage or would keep us uh, from experiencing freedom as He wants us to. So there's another lie that the enemy will give us to keep us from entering into the presence of the Lord and the freedom of the Lord that's here. And it's this one. Who's heard this one? You're not worthy. You know what you did this week. You know what you said. You know that thought you had. You know that argument that you had with your wife or with your husband. You know what you did. Don't go in there and, don't go in there and sing the song. Don't go in there and worship. You'll be a hypocrite. Anybody heard that one? Yeah. That's the other one. He will sell that lie to keep you from entering into the realm of freedom that God has for you. He will voice that lie upon you that you're not worthy. You know what the best thing to do is? Disarm Him. I know I'm not worthy. <laughs> no lie. No joke. But the blood of Jesus has cleansed me and set me free. And I am forgiven. I am free. And I know that I can come into the Lord's presence and in a moment, I can express repentance and I can say, Father, I did screw up. I did do whatever it was that the enemy's bringing up to you. You know, what, you know what happens when you do that? You're taking the bullets out of his gun. You're taking the ammunition away from the enemy by owning your sin and just admitting to it. Yeah, I messed up. I blew it. But Father, I thank you. I thank you that in you I find forgiveness. I thank you that in you I find grace to go forward from this point. If, if you've wronged anyone, you can take that moment literally in worship to walk over to them and put your arm around them and say, hey, I'm sorry. You know, you can take that moment and disarm the enemy so he's got nothing against you. Nothing. And then you're free. You're free to open your heart. You're free to open your mouth and sing to the Lord. So don't let him sell that one on you, that you're not worthy. If you're not worthy, then you're right where you need to be. Amen? You're in a good place. You're in a really good place if that's the way you feel. So those are a couple of things that we just need to be aware of going into our times uh, of worship. And uh, the enemy will use these things and work on us with these things throughout the week um, to keep us from here. Don't let him do that. I want to focus now. There's two types of songs uh, that we sing regarding deliverance and freedom. First, there's songs that inform, and then there's songs that invite. We're going to talk about these um, and how they relate to us and how God uses these things in our lives. Uh, Psalm 126 is a song. It's the first one. The first one here, songs that inform. So Psalm 126 is one of these songs of a sense that informs us of what God has done on our behalf. And Israel would sing this to remind themselves what God had done for them. 
And it says, when the Lord brought back the captives to Zion, we were like men who dreamed dreams. Our mouths were filled with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. And then they said among the nations, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us and we are glad. Restore our fortunes, O Lord, like streams in the Negev. Those who sow in tears shall reap with shouts of joy. He who goes out weeping, bearing the seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. So songs that inform would be songs that remind us of what God has done. How we were at that pivotal moment and God broke through and delivered. Like the one we sang for offering. How God came to our rescue. Like so many of the songs that we sing, they remind us of who God is and they remind us of what He does. And they remind us of how He overcomes. They remind us of His goodness. These are songs that inform. And so as Israel would go up to Jerusalem to worship, they would prepare their heart to be in His presence by reminding themselves of what God had done. They were in Babylonian captivity. There was no hope. As far as they knew, it was the end of, their, of, of, of Israel. They were in captivity. They had hung up their harps. They had hung up their lyres. They weren't singing songs anymore. They weren't worshiping the Lord. They were in captivity. And suddenly, suddenly, the Lord broke through. And King Cyrus declared, you're free. You can return. And so they return back to Jerusalem. And it says they were like men who dreamed dreams. Have you ever had the Lord come through in a moment where you're like, it's too good to be true. I can't believe he did this. It's like you can't see a way out. Like them sitting in captivity all that time. They'd given up hope and suddenly the Lord moves on their behalf and breakthrough happens and they are set free. They are set free. They are like men who dreamed dreams. It's like a dream come true. And I've shared with you guys about mine and Emily's family, how we fasted and prayed and sought the Lord for our own family's behalf. Behalf they were in bondage. They were in, basically in spiritual captivity, far away from the Lord removed from church, hadn't been to church in years, living with all kinds of stuff. And we began to fast and pray and weep and sow in tears for our families. And suddenly the Lord moved. Suddenly their hearts shifted. And one by one, like dominoes, they fell and began to return back to the Lord. And this psalm, Psalm 126, this song of ascent, became so personal for me. This became, this became another one of those life scriptures for me. And I remember reading this um, after their return, after my whole family had come back to the Lord, just weeping, weeping at the way I identified with this song, with this psalm, it's a song, the way I identified. I was like a man who dreamed a dream. It was too good to be true. And I remember standing um, in a worship service with all my family. And I'm like, I'm like Israel in captivity. I, could, I couldn't even imagine a day when that was ever going to happen. I couldn't even imagine a day when I was going to be standing beside my whole family worshiping the Lord. And here it was. Here it was. It was happening. And the song that we were singing was a song 
that informs us about God's freedom and God's deliverance. This is the song that we were singing, and uh, we sing it here. The song's called Hosanna. And I remember singing this particular verse. Hear the sound of hearts returning to you. We turn to you. In your kingdom, broken lives are made new. You make us new. Because when we see you, we find strength to face the day. And in your presence, all our fears are washed away. Washed away. And I just remember standing there singing this song beside my family and just weeping as I'm singing the very words of deliverance and freedom that are being actualized right in front of my eyes, that have been actualized in this season, right in front of my eyes. And I just remember experiencing just this overwhelming sense of freedom. And all my fears were washed away. It's like I had, I had so many fears that I was going to lose some of these family members to various things and, and they were never going to get back to where God had them and the purposes that God had for their life. I was so, had so many fears and I sowed in tears for so long. There were times when during that season of prayer that I would have to pull over because I'd be weeping so hard I couldn't even drive. I'd have to pull over on the side of the road and cry Come on, Lord. I need you. They need you. We need free. We need deliverance. God, come. God, come. And then when it happened, I was like a man who dreamed a dream. It's too good to be true. So we sing these songs in here. We sing these songs of freedom and deliverance. And we are singing uh, words that either they're true at the moment we've been set free or we know people that have been set free, or we're singing these songs with the hope that these words are going to be fulfilled. And as we're singing these songs, it's like prayer. It's like a request from our heart. It's either a celebration from our heart, or it's a request from our heart that God move. This is why it's vital to not miss out on these opportunities to gather and worship. Because when this happens, God does amazing things. When we cry out to Him at this level, when we open our heart and ask for Him to move, God can do what seems impossible. And I say this sometimes when we enter into worship, when I'm praying, I say, Lord, You're here and anything's possible. I believe that. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? God is here and anything is possible. Anything is possible. I put a box around some of the things that I think God can do and God doesn't like boxes. He likes to step outside of that box and do the things that overwhelm and amaze us that seem impossible. I just want you to push through. Push through low expectations when it comes to coming here to worship the Lord. I know that various things in our lives can cause us to come 
wondering if things are possible or wondering, can God really do what I'm asking for? Can God really move in the way that I need Him to move? I'm encouraging you, push past low expectations. And when you come together with your brothers and sisters in this place, and when we begin to worship the Lord, I want you to believe Him for anything. Anything. Don't let the enemy put a wet blanket over your dreams, over your hopes, over your prayers. Push through that with praise and thanksgiving. And you declare truth. You declare it. You declare it to yourself. You declare it to your brothers and sisters around you as you sing. But most importantly, you're declaring it to God. You're declaring it to Him. So I just want to encourage you to push beyond those feelings. The, other, the second type of song that we, um, that we sing are songs that invite. So we sing about freedom and deliverance. We sing songs about uh, the topic, and it edifies us. It reminds us of what He can do. And then we sing songs where we're actually crying out to Him to come, where we're inviting Him to step into our situation and to knock down walls and to break chains and to do things that only He can do. We sing uh, songs that, um, well, I've seen some things happen in worship. I've, I've heard testimonies. I've seen people have reactions in worship or, or, be, um, or God break through in certain areas in worship um, where it was something that you didn't even see coming or something maybe you've been praying about and then God suddenly moves in a worship service. Uh, as we're as we're opening up and singing, maybe something we've been wrestling with through the week. I was talking to uh, Dex last week. What was the song you liked? Living Hope. We sang Living Hope last week, and he was saying, "Man, I had been there had been something on your heart all week, evidently that you'd been wrestling with, or something that you'd." And when we went into that song and began to declare, "You're my living hope," and we began to sing that song, something broke for him, something released for him, and he came to me after the service and was telling me like man that was like an answer to prayer you know that was like from the heart of God evidently that's one of the big things that can happen when we when we enter into worship when we open our heart to the Lord all those things that we've been struggling wrestling with praying for praying people that we've been praying for and about God can suddenly move there can suddenly be breakthrough in times of gathering together in corporate worship. Can you sing in your car? Sure. Can you sing? Can you worship the Lord on the golf course? Absolutely. Can you worship the Lord in a boat fishing? Absolutely. But there is no substitute for what happens when we come together and when we stand shoulder to shoulder in this place and we worship the Lord together in unity and in one accord. There is no substitute for that. There is a power that is unleashed within, within corporate worship that I can't explain. There are things happening all around us during our worship time that we can't see with our natural eyes. I wish. I'm not an artist. I can't paint. I, I can't even draw a straight line. I didn't get that gift at all in the least. 
but there's been a painting like in my mind. If I could paint, I would paint a scene of worship in a church. And I would paint the scene through what is, um, what is happening in the unseen. What is happening in the spiritual realm around us as we worship. And in my mind, I see like, you know, some people are, are in bondage, you know. Darkness over their eyes, over their heart, around their ankles, holding them back. But, it, but then maybe two people over, there's somebody who, uh, you know, is surrounded by angels, ministering angels. You know, on the stage or off to the side, there's a choir of angels exalting the Lord with us. And, you know, in certain scenes in this painting, I see like battle happening between darkness and light. These are the things that happen when we gather in worship. These are the things that are taking place around us all the time. It's not just a song service. We are making war in the heavenlies when we come together and when we enter into a time of worship. Don't fool yourself. There is some legitimate kingdom work being done when we gather together to worship the Lord. He is here. He's present. And He's ready to do whatever needs to be done to deliver us and to bring us into a place of freedom. So I just want to encourage you again, make Sunday morning a priority. Make your small group time a priority. And make your alone time with the Lord a priority. And I don't care if you can't sing a note. Turn the radio up loud. Okay? Sing and worship the Lord and encounter His presence and encounter His freedom because it's there for you. I want to circle back to um, Acts 16. This is one of the, um, probably one of the most famous stories of how God moved in worship and did what seemed impossible. This is from Acts 16, 25-26. This is uh, when Paul and Silas were in Philippi and had been arrested. They'd been beaten. They'd been thrown in jail. They were chained to the wall. And it says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns of praise to God. And the prisoners were listening to them, and suddenly there came a great earthquake, so great that the foundations of the prison house were shaken, and immediately all the doors were opened, and everyone's chains fell off. I bet they didn't see that coming. I bet they had no clue. But they began to open their heart, open their mouth, and began to worship the Lord. And I can't imagine what they were singing. In my heart, I believe it was probably songs about God's uh, majesty, power, deliver, you know, His love. I can't imagine. You let, your, let your mind run wild on that. Can you imagine what Paul and Silas were singing to the Lord? These, these powerful hymns of praise. And in that moment, as the word that we looked at a while ago, the yashab, the inhabitation of the Lord, the, the one who inhabits praises, he came, boom, into that prison and he inhabited that praise time. And he ruled over that praise time. He ruled with authority. And an earthquake comes upon the scene and breaks the prison foundations, the doors open, and everyone's chains break off. I believe that's a picture in the natural of what happens in the, in the spiritual. 
when we come together and when we worship the Lord, whether it's from a place like these guys of absolute brokenness and pain and suffering, or whether it's on the mountaintop of whatever victory we've experienced that week, God is able to manifest that way in a powerful way with breakthrough and deliverance and freedom. And He has it for us every time that we gather together in His presence. The top priority when we come together to worship the Lord, number one, we talk about this as a worship team, the first thing is to glorify God and to honor Him with our songs, to lift Him up, to exalt Him. That's priority number one. And if we don't accomplish anything else that day, if we hit that target, we've, we've succeeded. But, but it, it never stops there because worship is reciprocal. And as our songs go forth of praise and exaltation, there's an outpouring of God's presence and power into our situation. It's a reciprocal process that we're involved in. And God has it for you today. And so the way we're going to close this morning, I want to go back to this Psalm 126 because I really felt like as I was thinking through this this week that there's probably people here today that either need deliverance and freedom or you're like me. You have people that you're close to that need deliverance and need freedom that are sitting in bondage, that are sitting in chains today. So we're going to close with worship today. And we are going to declare God's authority, God's power, His sovereignty, His ability. We're going to sing. We're going to worship. And as we're doing this this morning, I want you, go ahead and come on up, worship team. I want you to take a moment. And if it's you, if it's you and you're, you're feeling bound up, you're feeling like, you know, I need deliverance. I need freedom. I've got something. Then make these songs your declaration. Make these songs your invitation for the Lord to come and have His way. And if it's somebody else that you're standing in the gap for this morning, someone else that you know needs God's deliverance, someone else that you know that is sitting in bondage this morning, make these songs and declarations to the Lord for their behalf. And let's just spend a few moments in worship and just believe that God can do the impossible. Would you stand to your feet? Hallelujah. Let's just bow our hearts before him in this moment. So Heavenly Father, you know every heart in this room. You know our situations and our circumstances. You know everything about us and nothing is hidden from you. So Lord, for those that are here this morning who are seeking freedom, who are seeking deliverance, who need walls to come down and need chains to be broken and need a renewal in heart and mind, would you do that now? in this moment as we worship. 
And Father, for those who are here this morning and they want to make intercession, maybe it's a family member who's away from the Lord. Maybe it's a friend, a coworker, a spouse, someone that they know that is struggling and bound up that needs deliverance and freedom. Lord, as we worship you in this moment, Lord, we pray and ask and believe you for power and breakthrough on their behalf. All authority is yours. All authority is yours in heaven and on earth. So would you come and rule and reign over every heart here and every life here and all those that we lift up in this moment. All authority, every victory is yours. All authority, every victory is yours. Declare it. All authority, every victory is yours. All authority, we declare. All authority, every victory is yours. authority Let us see 
majesty praise to the king the mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name and i sing for joy at the word of your hands forever i love you forever i stand and nothing compares to the promise i have Shout to the Lord on the earth, let us sing. Power and majesty, praise to the King. The mountains bow down and the seas will roar at the sound of your name. And I sing for joy at the your hands forever I love you forever I'll stand and nothing compares to the promise nothing compares oh nothing compares to the promise I have oh nothing compares to the promise I have in you Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we celebrate you, Lord. You have overcome. You have overcome. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you today that in your presence is freedom. We thank you today, Lord God, that we don't have to leave the way we came in. If we came in bound up, we can leave free. If we came in hurting, we can leave whole and healed. We thank you that in your presence, Lord God, is everything that we need. Lord God, we just pray that you would send us out of here with a new song in our mouth, a hymn of praise to our God that declares of your wonders in our lives, Lord God. We pray, Father, that this week as we go forth, that, uh, Father, you would give us divine appointments, Lord God, moments to encourage, moments to reach out, moments to share the love of God with those in this world who desperately, desperately need it. Lord God, just find us faithful in those moments to reach out with your hands, to love with your heart, and to serve the way that we've been served, Lord God. And Father, for all those that have been lifted up this morning, here in this place, for freedom and deliverance, or those that we've lifted up to you, to your throne, that are not here, Father, we look forward to what you're going to do in every single situation. We look forward to the testimonies, just as it was in my own family, the testimonies of your sudden breakthrough, the testimonies of your love that sets free, the testimonies, Lord God. We just celebrate you ahead of time and thank you ahead of time for all that you've done and for all that you're going to do. And just send us out of here today with the song of the Lord in our hearts. A song of glory for you, Lord. In the mighty name of Jesus, all God's people said, amen. If you need prayer this morning for anything at all, you can hang around and uh, we'll be available up here uh, to pray with you about uh, anything or for anything. And if not, then God bless you and have a, a great day and happy Father's Day.